welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. Hey, everybody. I am Sarah Peck. I'm the host of the show, and I'm the person that gets to interview all of these amazing women. One of the goals of this show is to create a series of interviews with at least 100 women so that we can share the breadth and depth of all of these different paths to motherhood and to entrepreneurship. As many of you know, I'm also working on a book and that process has been, (laughs) well, I'll save that for another episode. If you're curious, I can tell you all about the book process. But part of the research for the book has been interviewing people. And as I was interviewing all of these different women, I started to realize, okay, this needs to be out loud in a place where people can listen in because I'm getting so much out of these interviews and I just think that other people would love to listen in as well. We just finished our first set of interviews with some incredible women. And if you've had a chance to take a listen, I would love to know what you think. So feel free to comment on our blog at startuppregnant.com or send us a note and let us know what your response is. I've heard from many, many women already and my email inbox is going a little bit nuts, but in the best way possible. So what we're doing right now is we're pausing for a second and we're doing a series of 10 episodes that are 10 minutes long each, a 10 by 10, to share some of the core themes and lessons that I have learned so far in doing this research. So I hope you enjoy this break in between our long form interviews. Every day over the next 10 days, I'm going to be releasing a 10 minute episode and these episodes will focus on the 10 themes of startup pregnant. So with that said, I'll kick it off with number one. The first most important principle of startup pregnant, one of the themes that I think has helped me so much in interviewing people and learning from different humans and understanding, well, what's true for you and what's true for me and and how do those things fit together and And what's the deeper truth here? Is there one? Is that there are three really important words that matter so much when we're talking to each other. And those three words are, in my experience. So when we start telling a story, we say, in my experience, this is what happened. How was your experience? What that does is that opens up the possibility for us to share lots of different stories rather than make assumptions about the way something should look like or what everybody's experience is. When we start a story and it says, well, breastfeeding is hard, period, or breastfeeding is great, period, or breastfeeding is the only thing you should do, period, we run into a little bit of trouble because that's not true for everybody. So I find it immensely helpful to start saying, in my experience. There are multiple stories of being a mother and being pregnant, being a parent and being an entrepreneur. And one of the hardest things I think to do is to embrace these multiple understandings and perspectives. It's a lot easier cognitively to take your choice and then say that that's the right choice and it's the only story that exists. There's actually a reason for this, which I find so fascinating. And it has to do with an idea called cognitive dissonance. So that's when you have some sort of belief or idea or framework in your mind. And in order to attach yourself to it, in order to believe it to be true, it is 
dissonant, which is to be against or to make a terrible sound. You know, when you play two keys on the piano that don't sound the same and it creates this like awkward, terrible sound to some people. That's dissonance. It's when there's like a a contrast or a dislike feeling. So when we run into another belief, when it marches into our brain and says, well, hi there, here's here's another theory. Here's something else to think about. And you say, well, I have to reject that because I already have this operating belief and I believe that this is true. And therefore, that's it's really hard for me to add this other thing to my brain. For those of you who are scientists out there, you can let me know if I'm explaining cognitive dissonance correctly. So what happens, what happens in our brains is that we fight off other examples and we have to make other people wrong in order for us to maintain the belief that we are right. So I'll use breastfeeding as an example because it's, it's an easy one, I think, to start with. But if we say that one is good and the other is bad, or more subtly, when we say, when we realize that we've made a decision, for example, There's a parent who cannot breastfeed for one reason or another and ends up using formula because of her working situation, et cetera. And she chooses that. That paradigm, we're going to go through and make, make that right in the way that we can. And then somebody else who chooses breastfeeding and has been told formula is bad is going to make that right in her brain, his or her brain, however they can. And it's going to be hard to see the other as something that's also possible. Does that make sense? I hope I'm explaining that well. The harder thing to do and the challenge for us emotionally and intellectually is to make space to hold multiple truths at the same time. Some people say that this is this is the wisdom edge. This is the growth edge for many of us is to be able to fully hold each of these stories and say, well, golly, there are a lot of stories And what may be true for me in this circumstance in this time may be different than somebody else. And neither of us is wrong for having necessarily made those choices. So the question here in this episode is what is one instance where you can remember somebody making one decision and you made a different decision? And how were they both right for you in particular? If any of you have read Amy Poehler's book, I think that there's a phrase that stuck in my mind that I really love and I use all the time. And it's the idea that when women are supporting each other and lifting each other up, we use the phrase, good for her, not for me. And what that lets us do, God, I love that phrase, good for her, not for me. What that lets us do is instead of trying to stuff us all into one narrative or one archetype or one idea of what womanhood looks like, what uh, being a person looks like, what being a parent looks like. Should you work? Should you not work? Should you breastfeed? Should you not breastfeed? Do you go to daycare? Do you use a nanny? Do you stay at home? Instead of putting us into these different parameters and saying that there's a right and there's a wrong, what we say instead is, great, you made that decision. That is great for you, right? Like you made the best decision for you and your circumstances. And I know about myself that that's not the decision that I would choose. But I don't have to say that because I wouldn't choose that, you are therefore incorrect or wrong in some way for choosing that thing. So it's a phrase that helps me all the time. Good for you, not for me. And it's just like when we choose what we eat or what we don't eat. Good for you, not for me. And and in my own words, it's in my experience. It's the most generous place to start the conversation. 
This first value, truth, story of Startup Pregnant, the first theme that I've run across that has helped me immensely in this research is the idea that we operate first from our individual experiences. And when we use the phrase, in my experience, it becomes a much more generous conversation and a way for us to begin understanding each other. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that this first nugget made sense and you enjoyed listening to it. I would love to hear about your experience of using this phrase. How does it sit with you? What does it make you think of? Leave a comment over on our blog at startuppregnant.com. We have a post for every single episode, so you can go leave a comment there or feel free to send us a note. And as always, we love it when you hit subscribe and leave us a review because that makes a world of difference in helping spread this podcast and share it with women who want to hear about it. Women and men and co-parents and everybody that might want to listen to this podcast. So thanks so much for being here and I will see you on the next episode. We are going to go over 10 different themes that I have learned from Startup Pregnant and doing all of this research. We'll have 10 episodes. There'll be 10 minutes each and you can take a listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Startup Pregnant Podcast. If you have a question or a comment about the show, head to startuppregnant.com for all of the show notes, episode quotes, and more. We have weekly blog posts and a lot of bonus resources all over at startuppregnant.com. If you want to support the show, the best thing you can do right now is hit subscribe and then leave us a review. And if you'd like to become a sponsor, go to startuppregnant.com slash sponsors to find out more. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the next episode.